0: Fearless Feminine Leaders, we are going to be coming back with new episodes, we promise. <laughs> In the meantime, though, we wanted to give you a sneak peek at what we've been working on that has taken our focus away from these podcast episodes. So we've been putting all of our Rayma Foundation's Leadership Program curriculum into podcast courses that all of our DIY, DIY, do-it-yourself for leadership development, personal development peeps, Can get on their own. We're also using it as some supplemental coaching for our corporate mentor programs that use this curriculum too. So that's what we've been doing. And today we actually want to give you a sneak peek of one of the leadership principles and the conversation that we have to help you activate that principle from one of the modules. So, what you're going to hear is from our REMA Foundations module called. Yes. This is 7 principles to step into the shoes of a leader who says yes to what's possible. So that's what you're going to hear in this week's episode. It's a little bit longer than we normally do on purpose because we put we actually put two shorter episodes together for this show. So we're just going to go ahead and let you get a sneak peek of it. Be ready to take a lot of notes, be ready to listen to this on repeat. Let's go ahead and dive in.
1: Yes, principle one, spark joy. Your truth statements are, to step into the shoes of a leader who says yes to what's possible, I will spark joy. I know that a leader who sparks joy lives a life of great pleasure and happiness. I will choose to be content and my mind will be at ease knowing that I can enjoy simple pleasures, even amid heartache and doubt. I make space for joy to enter my life, even when I start to lose hope. Joy. Noun. A feeling of great happiness. Happiness. Noun. Good fortune, pleasure, contentment, joy. Would you rather have a fortune or a great fortune? How about having a life full of pleasure or a life full of great pleasure? Do you want to be content or greatly content? Do you want to be a leader or a great leader? Great, the one little word that separates happiness from joy. It's such a small word with a big meaning that literally changes everything. The word great is an adjective that describes something that is unusually large, unusually powerful to a degree or intensity. We have the choice to be happy, or we have the choice to be joyful. For me, the choice is an easy one. I want joy. I want to have a great fortune that changes generations. I desire to live life full of great pleasure, enjoyment, and delight. My goal is to be a great leader that equips, inspires, and changes lives. That's a tall order, though, isn't it? We live in a world that feels anything but happy at times. There are seasons of great loss and change. Choosing joy doesn't mean we are happy all the time. Happy, happiness, and joy are not the same thing. Being happy is circumstantial. And thankfully, our lives are full of moments of happy. But happiness and joy are different. If you look back at the definitions of joy and happiness, you'll notice that both of them are nouns but happy is an adjective. According to Merriam-Webster, a noun is a word that refers to a thing, like a book, a person, like Betty Crocker, an animal, a cat, a place, Omaha, a quality, like softness, an idea, like justice, or an action, like yodeling. So funny. Who knows how to yodel? And an adjective is a word that describes a noun or a pronoun. Joy and happiness, are qualities, ideas, in some cases, even actions you can take. They become a part of who you are. Happy is a feeling. It describes something. And feelings are fleeting. Qualities are more permanent. Cultivating a spirit of joy. So how do you stir up, set off, or spark joy? You say yes to more moments, opportunities, and activities that bring joy to your life. You look for opportunities to increase your fortune and activities that give you pleasure. You spark joy by adding moments of contentment to your life. So let's focus on what it means to increase your fortune, your pleasure, and your contentment so you can spark joy more often. Increase Fortune I know we don't like to talk about money, but we're going there. As leaders, we must take more control of our own financial futures. At the very least, you must know how to budget, how to save for emergencies, and how to invest for your future. It's okay to not know all the answers. It's not okay to never ask the questions because you're afraid of looking stupid. If you aren't sure where to start, find a coach who works with people who want to get to control of their finances and financial future. Increase pleasure. Pleasure means the state or feeling of being pleased. Synonyms for the word pleased are contented, happy, satisfied, or appreciative. When is the last time you thought about what makes you happy, satisfied, or appreciative? It can be simple things like a morning ritual that makes you feel ready to face the day or buying fresh flowers every week. Pleasure can include physical touch, but that shouldn't be the only way you feel satisfied or appreciative every day. Pleasure is not a cookie cutter thing. It can be as unique as you are. There are no wrong answers to what will increase your pleasure. Increase contentment. Contentment means satisfaction and ease of mind. To me, the word ease sticks out as the one I want to increase so I can live and lead well. The word ease evokes thoughts of calmness, relaxation, leisure, rest, tranquility, and peace. It's usually easy to come up with a list of things, people, or activities that bring ease into your life. The hard part is making space for them in your daily, weekly, and monthly routine. Leaders who want to spark joy understand that contentment is crucial to stave off feelings of worry, agitation, and misery. They make space for the things that ease their mind and bring emotional balance
0: and well-being. Sparking joy and finding hope. Setbacks and disappointments are part of the journey of learning to step into the shoes of a leader who says yes to what's possible. They hold necessary lessons of strength, preparing us for the things we are hoping for. Hope is that feeling that what is wanted can be had. You can't spark joy without hope. Hope seems easy, but it's not. And when it gets hard, we start to lose hope because we weren't expecting the difficulty. But sometimes losing hope serves a purpose. I know we just talked a lot about sparking joy, and you're probably thinking that this is taking a turn you weren't expecting. But we must understand that joy and happiness are not based on our circumstances. We must talk about how we maintain hope when things look bleak, scary, and anything but joyful. So you're saying sometimes it's okay to lose hope? That's what you're thinking, right? Well, I was asked that very same question once. The woman who asked it looked at me with pleading eyes from across the grass we were sitting in a giant, socially distant circle in the park. The pandemic had just started a few months earlier, and it didn't erase the need for connection. And this cancer group was yearning for it. Ten people listened to me share this message that day, and now they were ready to have their questions answered. Here's a secret they don't tell you about Hope. Hope asks, hard questions. And sometimes the hardest question to ask when it comes to hope is that one. Is it okay to lose hope sometimes? We don't want to ask it because we fear the answer might be no. I'm here to tell you that hope, just like joy, is a long game. And absolutely there will be times where you lose hope. And it is okay if you find yourself in a state of lost hope right now. It is okay if you find yourself losing hope a few days, months, or even years from now. It's also okay to ask the hard questions. That is part of the process. When hope feels lost, I take all of my hopeless feelings to the one place that I know will help me make sense of it all, my journal. As I sit myself in my treatment chair breathing in my medicine for cystic fibrosis and my body gets rocked by the vibrations of my vest. I can process my feelings on paper. And dear leader, sometimes the worst thing that happens to us becomes the very thing we need to find meaning and purpose. If I hadn't gone through a health crisis and fought for my life in the hospital back in 2012, I wouldn't have found a fierce determination to make my life matter. I wouldn't have this message burning in my heart to share with you that your hope matters. So don't be afraid to wrestle with hope. And when the setbacks happen, disrupt them by asking the hard questions that will lead to solutions. Those hard questions will also lead to helping you spark joy again so you can begin rebuilding when life knocks you down. Activating? Yes. Principle number one. Okay. So as we're recording this, we actually just got done with our women's empowerment event called Beautiful Wholeness. Mm -hmm. And it was a really cool uh, experience because for the first time in the history of our company and our events, all three of your kids were in the room the whole weekend. They were. And they weren't just there helping they were participating.
1: They were participating. I told them they had to. Yeah.
0: Yep. And one of the things that we did at this event is we dove into a session called Sowing the Seeds of Rockstar Leadership, where we essentially break down all of the foundations in the Rama Foundations program mm-hmm. and give like a really quick... 20 minute snippet for each table and we give our audience members a chance to um, first of all they take a quiz to find out which one they should be sitting in because right. the way that we do this is not a personality test but more of what are you struggling with right now mm-hmm. and which foundation do you need to work on and grow in as a leader as a team member who has leadership as as you know a value mm-hmm. um, so that you can be at your best for yourself for your family for your professional life and all that. And so um, all three of your kids ended up getting the same answer for where they needed to sit.
1: They did, which was so crazy because I wasn't really expecting it. I was Then either. when I realized I was looking ahead in my notes because I knew that was the table that I was going to teach, which I thought was kind of ironic. Um, and I was looking ahead at the notes while you were teaching, mm-hmm. probably you were teaching authentic, um and i was looking through and what we do in there is we we touch on the things that when you're walking in the foundation of a yes leader what you do naturally quite well then we also talk about some of the things that you need to do and some of the things that you need to like work on which is the weeds and seeds part of it and i'm reading through the list of weeds and seeds and i'm like oh that's why they're all sitting there Mm -hmm. so because i'm I'm thinking I have not gone back in to look at what their answers were because technically I could, but I'm like, I don't really need to know. Um, but I'm thinking they chose very similar things to work on is how they got. Oh, sure. Into that would make sense. That because, you know, when you think about like per- this is why it's not always personalities. Right, they have very
0: different personalities. All very
1: different. Them. All three of them would be sitting at different tables mm-hmm. if it was personalities. Um, but they're all struggling and wanting to work on the this, same thing. Yes which I thought was quite fascinating. And as their mom, I have been kind of just rolling this around in my head of not only am I their coach and now I know this information, but I'm also their mom. So I have an insider track to what is what is going on that they feel because every one of them said that the weed and like what they need to work on is building hope. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I was like, gosh, this is a big concept, you know, for it a kid. Like one of my, is. the little one is 10.
0: Yep. And, um, and how, just for context, what are the ages of all three? Like? So
1: they're 10, 13, and 16. Mm-hmm. So the 16 year old has been sitting through this for a while. She
0: was nine. Yeah. She was pretty
1: much the 10 year old's age when she started sitting and taking notes. And, now she does the notes, and she actually did her first round of being the m c, which she did. she did amazing So well, so good. um so you know we're we are raising our own help. Mm-hmm. um the company is in good hands. yes. um but yeah, so I have been kind of just rolling it around in my head of how do I teach such a big concept of hope to a little like a little one? mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I was like, I've actually wrote this all down. It's in the book. Yes. Like you <laughs> <It's right here, laughs> just Rachel. have to follow my own words. Like, what brings you joy? What brings yeah. you contentment? Like, um, even yesterday I had a conversation with my thirteen year old who is very much like champagne taste on a beer budget. And right. what I told him was he doesn't even have a beer budget because he doesn't have a job. Um, I have I have money and he doesn't. Mm -hmm. And he's very much at that point at 13 middle school. He really cares about his look and fashion and all of this kinds of stuff. And he wanted this pair of shoes and he has like, he does not need a pair of shoes. He wants a pair of shoes and they're $60. And he's like trying to convince me (laughs) that I should just let him have the money out of his savings account. And because I had let him have money out of his savings account to go and get a bunch of pants like two weeks ago. And I was like, you're not going to have any money. So one of the things we talked about, I'm like, you can come back when you have a better argument about how you are going to earn this money. Mm. And then we can talk because <laughs> he's like, this is my money. I'm like, no, this is my good fortune bestowed onto you, my child. Right. And you are not shoeless. Like... <laughs> You have clothes. And I like he's just really learning the lesson all of us have to learn right now. Right. Or just, you know, as adults.
0: Great age to learn it.
1: Right. So I think I'm gonna really I didn't I didn't put it together last night when we were having this conversation. This yeah. is all going to spark things in him. Cause I was like, you know what? You come from entrepreneurial families. You have ways to make money mm-hmm. and you have chosen not to, which means then you don't reap anything. You are reaping what you are sowing. So I'm like Well, I just have to open up this book and read it again because. Well,
0: and I think overall, like. The leadership principle of sparking joy Mm -hmm. is not a commonly taught one. No. As a leadership principle. Mm -mm. Right. And I think the fascinating. Yes. Yeah. Is not. Well. Common. No, because and and it is like this this two sided this double edged mm-hmm. sword, right? Because yep. in order to say yes to the right things for that season of life, you have to learn how to say no.
1: Yeah, you can't to good things. you can't do one without the other. You can't it turns do one out.
0: without the other. But this idea of saying yes to what's possible, like how many times do leaders steal joy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because somebody in front of them is really excited about the possibility of something, mm-hmm. and the leader is maybe a little bit more analytical in their thinking or experience has taught them to be careful Yeah, and they steal joy instead of sparking it because they tell them, no, it can't be done, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of like, I love your enthusiasm. Can you come up with some ideas of how you think this could happen? Right. And then we could have a really good meeting Mm -hmm. brainstorming about what are the possibilities? What are the things we need to watch out for? Right. What are the things? the setbacks that might happen, like the more that we can talk about that stuff ahead of time as leaders, the easier it will become to maintain joy mm-hmm. in the hard times. Right. And I don't see that taught in a lot of leadership spaces. No,
1: no. And it's kind of like learning how to, I mean, when when you are living your life where to, increasing joy and increasing your fortune and pleasure and all of that and the, the whole part of like this tiny little word of great that makes the difference. um, I, I think it's so necessary because without it, Mm -hmm. you don't take the risks that you need as a leader. You don't like, there would be no businesses. If there weren't people who knew how to say yes to possibilities, Um, there would be no industries. There would be a lot of things. I mean, honestly, we'd all just probably still be sitting around fires out in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, living on the prairie because it, Everything that we accomplish takes somebody saying yes, Mm -hmm. somebody saying, yes, this can be done. I might fail along the way, but I'm going to do this. And I think it's so important to teach the joy and hope concept of that, because a lot of times that stuff's a long game. Oh, yeah. It does not come easily. What would have been really easy is for me to just hand Eli $60 and be like, here you go. Go buy your shoes. Right. Which I have done. Mm-hmm. In the past, but I was like, this seems like a really good moment. Oh, yes. Just based on some other things that he's going through and needing to learn about responsibility to teach something mm-hmm. here. Um, and teaching you how to increase your own joy and pleasure and contentment mm-hmm. and raise your hopes and all that. Like, I think it's so necessary.
0: Well, and when you. OK, so thinking about like, obviously, we started this conversation talking about like helping kids grow. Mm-hmm. And and like how you're applying this in your family, which everything we teach should be taught to the children in your home, because the more that you can equip them with these skills before they become adults, yes, the better off they're going to be as adults when hard things happen because you can't shield them from that. Right. It's, it's always hard things outside of your control, consequences to choices. All those things always happen. But when you think about it, like teaching anybody mm-hmm. to increase their fortune and to take um, what would be the word I'm looking Accountability mm-hmm. for the, the things they have and the things they want in their life. That automatically increases their pleasure and their contentment because they're learning how to do it as they go.
1: Right. They're also learning about what actually matters yeah. to them because I think one of the things I've never really thought about, but the idea of increasing your fortune and increasing your contentment at the same time is what stops that greed cycle from happening. And you Mm -hmm. move more into the gratitude side of having fortune where you can do something amazing with that money and not just have money to have money. Yeah. And like, I think there's a there's a whole lesson to be learned in the increasing of your fortune, plus in the increasing of your contentment, because then you start to look at money differently. You do. And like I like it says in the book, this is not a conversation we have very often, but we can't you can't make great change without great fortune and great money and great wealth to be able to solve problems. It also takes people who are willing to say yes
0: Mm -hmm. and be like, well, let's see what happens. So I think that this is such a fascinating principle because when we wrote it, you know, both you and I, Rachel, have had different um, experiences of digging out of Six figures of debt in different mm-hmm. ways in yep. our life and learning really hard lessons in our 20s and 30s that have helped us make better decisions in our 40s. Right. I mean, granted, <laughs> Thank we're God. like just in the beginning <laughs> of our 40s. But what I find so fascinating about this idea of increasing fortune, I have so I have two things to think about with this. Okay. The first is I was actually meeting with somebody yesterday for a one on one from my B&I group and she is, um, she's an ins- insurance agent and her focus in BNI is helping people with life insurance mm. and so we had a great conversation and she said i like to sit down with people and let them ask me the questions they have about life insurance but also ask them a lot of questions mm-hmm. about how they're protected, how they're set up, if the worst happens, how much do they need, how much do they think they need, like all these things. And she said, but the really interesting thing is, most of the time, people don't know what to ask because they don't, they haven't thought about it, and they don't want to sound stupid. Mm. And I think this idea of increasing fortune, like, yeah, like I have the wisdom learned from hard-earned experience, right? Of Which is wrong not choices, always the
1: most fun, right? Of like how
0: to get out of debt. And how to make sure that we stay on track and how to anticipate the, wor- like, not like I'm living in fear of what the worst could happen, but anticipate the reality of, okay, if we don't have enough money or we don't have money set aside for something and we're mm-hmm. not prepared for setbacks or for, you know, traumatic things or whatever then how are we going to handle that? Like, right. I've gotten really good at that. Mm-hmm. What I'm learning is the increasing fortune side. And I'm I'm baby stepping it. Mm-hmm. Like my husband started by, you know, tapping into the, some of the resources that were available from his his company that he works for that mm-hmm. they just started like a couple of years ago, um, giving some investment options right. for their employees. Yep. And so he's he's got that. I'm slowly learning how. But I think one of the biggest lessons that we've learned Um, even over just the last month, Mm -hmm. business-wise, is what happens when you are no longer strapped going month to month in business. And all of a sudden, like, your choices are different. The opportunities are different. Because the opportunities are different. Like, Mm -hmm. we... So to give some context, um, we have had our best quarter ever in the history of our company. This is like, we're recording this on March 3rd, 2023. Right. And, um, this quarter will be the best quarter we've ever had in business. And we opened up our first ever Rhema foundations coaching certification program a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And there were people that have been waiting for us to do this for like two years where people can get certified to teach the whole Rhema foundations program and, certified as coaches and then we're going to also give them on the job experience like give them a chance to intern and get some feedback and then also teach them how to set up their own coaching company if they want to. Mm -hmm. It's also a chance for um professionals that are in charge of like HR or leadership programs or managers, CEOs who want a curriculum to offer to their staff and want to be able to teach it to them or use it with them without always hiring somebody to come right. in um, for them to get certified to do the same. Right. So Which what is my
1: favorite part? It, it, it can yeah. use it in so many ways.
0: I love that. Um, so like, this sparked joy in us because we've wanted to do it for... So much for joy. I'm still riding a the high. Oh, me too. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. So what happened was we opened the program. We had people on a wait list. It's the first time ever where we've opened a program in a high ticket program. Mm-hmm. And we had four people jump in within the first three hours. Crazy. It was crazy. And it was the
1: stuff you see. It was the stuff (laughs) you hear about, you see it on social media where they're like, I closed $10,000 in whatever, 24 hours. And I'm like, okay, sure, whatever.
0: Right. And then you experience it happening and you're like, is this real life? Oh my gosh. (laughs) And one of them paid in full. Mm -hmm. And that sparked joy for me personally as a leader because, first of all, somebody like had prepared. They knew it was coming. They knew what the investment would be. They set us set it aside because they yeah. want it.
1: Some of them have been saving since like the fall when we first right. kind of put feelers for out like there that months. this was going to happen. And they have been, some of them set alarms oh,
0: to make sure that It was they, the most bizarre thing was, we've ever
1: experienced. It was so cool. It was so <laughs>
0: exciting. But what we realized is for the first time ever, because of this program and the people that were excited to be a part of it, We went into an event without needing it to be any more, any more like financially successful than it was at the ticket sales, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we didn't go in thinking, oh, we have to sell this many coaching programs or we have to have this many people working with us in corporate and we have to sell this many books. We went in saying, like, you know what? Here's all the ways to work with us. We're happy to answer questions. Consider what works for you, what you're willing to invest in, how you want to make it work. Like, just consider it. Mm -hmm. And it was the coolest experience because for the first time ever, I was basing the success of that program on the seeds that were planted and the lives that were touched and not the money that was made. Oh my gosh. Which is interesting because in Sparking Joy, you have to learn how to increase your fortune, right? So I think I say all of that because I think there... I know that there are definitely um, poverty mindsets that have come from faith-based experiences growing up in different cultures, where there's almost like that concept of to like struggle is humility and like, like meekness holy. and all that and yes. and everything. But the the reality is when you have fortune. In, and by fortune, it could be five figures. Right, like it. it does it is not subjective. Mean, it does right. It, there is
1: no actual dollar amount. Right.
0: But when you to are not it. strapped so much, it opens up opportunities where all of a sudden things are possible that wouldn't have been possible before because you didn't have the means for it. Mm-hmm. And yep. that is a powerful lesson for a leader, for a human being to learn, but right. definitely for a leader to learn because. All of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. we don't like. Yeah, we still have to work, but now it's super fun. Yeah, it was fun to go into an event and not feel stressed about how we were going to pay the bills, mm-hmm. right? Like, because yep. like, it's not everybody's story that that happens." for a decade, but it's a lot of people's story. It's, I
1: think it's way more. And when you think about the concept of like the seeds part of it, mm-hmm. if we're planting seeds, at, and honestly, I th- even when you were saying the thing about poverty mindset, I think it goes into the contentment piece and the joy piece. I think that poverty idea steals not only the wealth part of... Even pleasure. Yes, all, all of them. it. All of it. You do not increase anything if you have a poverty mindset. No. There's no such thing as increase or greater because everything mm-hmm. is how can I make like maybe you don't actively think that way, but definitely it's it's a part of it of like, how do I make myself smaller? Not how right. do I make myself greater? And because you're taught it's a pride thing. Mm-hmm. But I think when you do this from this concept of thinking this is a long game, like you even talk about with hope, these are all seeds. Yeah. And these were not seeds that were planted like two months ago. Some of these were seeds that were planted 10 years ago Mm -hmm. that are finally sprouting. And I think with all of these things, from pleasure to contentment to hope to fortune to joy, all of these are seeds that that we are planting. And that's the leadership principle of this is leave that in there so you can have a great, healthy plant. Mm -hmm. Like if you are going to constantly be checking it, digging it back up, Overwatering it, forgetting to water it—like you're mm-hmm. not going to get a great harvest. You're going to get a measly harvest, and that is not. Oops, I just hit my pen. <laughs> um, that is not. I th- that is not how you increase anything. So I think even just the idea of farming and this concept of yeah. weeds and seeds and how do you play the long game so that your contentment doesn't get s- choked out and your pleasure doesn't get choked out and your hope, you know, how do you spark it all again? I like. Every time we go through these, I'm always just amazed a little mm-hmm. bit more that yeah. this is the content inside these books. Like I don't want to like, what would toot my own horn, but like the concepts in here. Sometimes I read them thinking somebody else wrote them. Yeah, me too. Um, because I'm like, gosh, this is deep. Like every time you mm-hmm. read it, because you read it from a different level, a different season of your own life, there's a different way to apply it. I think that's something that as you're listening to this as a leader. Um, that's why we encourage you to listen to things over and over again.
0: It's true. And I think, you know, we will get, we will dive deeper into this whole concept of planting and the metaphor behind it and the weeds and the seeds in principle four in this program. Um, but what I want to share right now, because I think it's so important and I can't remember if I've shared it in resilient or authentic, but, um, if I have, then you probably need to hear it twice. Right. You <laughs> probably need to hear but, it again. Um, it's the story of Chinese bamboo and how long it takes to grow it. Now, I don't know. Like, I think it's only Chinese bamboo. Like, I think there's I think different so. kinds. I don't think there's... Um, I think it's that. I think it really is that that particular kind. And I think this is why it's so important to spark joy. So... Um, The story goes, and by the way, I heard this a year ago. And when I heard it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is what I needed." (laughs) So the story is that it takes so long for Chinese bamboo to grow. Like, you plant the seeds, you have to go out and water it every single day, and it's not even grow, isn't it? For it to for a sprout, yeah, yeah. It it takes so long for you to see that it's working, that it's that it's. Something's happening to that seed, right? So it just
1: looks like dirt.
0: It does. Okay, <laughs> so I don't have my notes right in front of me, but I think it is like five years. It's yeah. a long time. I think it's. At least I think five. it's five years. So you plant the seed for Chinese bamboo, and the next day you have to go out and water it and nourish it, and the day after that you have to do that, like every day. You have to go out and water and nourish this. And most people would think, oh, in like three months I'll see something, right? And you know. So you're probably sitting there like, oh, sure, it'll be coming, whatever. And then six months go by and you're like, well, maybe it's one of those plants that just like takes a year to grow or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's got to be coming pretty or soon. Blooms once right? a year. Yeah, you like know. we'll get there. But <laughs> can you imagine every single day for five years going out to where you planted these seeds and watering them and nourishing them and not having doubt. It's
1: like almost 2000 days. Like that's quick it's math in my head, but it's many, so many days, so many
0: days. And I think, you know, the thing is, if you don't know this, you would be tempted to what? To dig it up mm-hmm. and plant it somewhere else. Right. You would be tempted to just quit and stop watering it. and That's being why like, what I would do. It's would well, like, quit. stupid thing right? doesn't want to grow. Stupid thing. Like <laughs> clearly this soil is not. Not working. The seed is broken, right? Like you wouldn't stick with it. And that's why this principle of sparking joy is so important because there will be days where it's going to look like it's not working, Mm -hmm. where it's going to feel like, why am I doing this? Where you're going to want to quit because you don't think it's working. But then someday in the fifth year, the, I don't know what they're called. So I just call them Chinese bamboo farmers. They go, (laughs) they go out and they start to see a sprout. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's working. Mm-hmm. It's been working. Like the five years that I have sacrificed to grow this tiny little sprout, it's working. And then within like five months, it's it starts to grow. It shoots up like 60 feet within weeks. It's insane. It's insane. And so just go Google it. If you're like, what? Go Google it. You'll see it all up there. But it's it's such a beautiful reminder of how long it takes things to actually grow. Because in our culture today, we see everything like we have drive throughs, we have like instant everything, we can order something on Amazon, and it'll be there the next day or like Mm -hmm. the next by the end of the week, Instacart, everything is instant, we see people on social media where it's like, oh my gosh, I went from like 500 followers to a million. And like, like, it's, it's not instantaneous. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you, go, if you grow too quick, you won't be able to handle it.
1: You won't have the root system. That you you
0: need. won't have the foundation that you need to be able to handle it. And so I marvel at all of that because I think, okay, we have been doing this now legitimately like as partners in business on paperwork for nine years. Mm-hmm. We've been dreaming about all the things we're doing now for over a decade. Mm-hmm.
1: If not longer. Because when you longer. think about how long we've known each other and yeah. how long we've wanted to do something together, that yeah. dream is like decades, decades long. Decades long.
0: Like most of our life. <laughs> to right? be honest. I mean, fifth grade was a long time, a long time ago. ago. Um, seems like yesterday sometimes. But <laughs> but I mean, we have to know how to spark joy in the midst of that because there will be hard times. It's not if it's when.
1: Oh my word, Mandy, do you realize how often okay, so <laughs> No, but just putting this together, that how often in those days of camp we were teaching each other how to spark joy. Oh, without even knowing it. Yeah, I mean, because the whole point of camp, the whole point of camp was to deal with whatever crisis. I mean, for us that wasn't that wasn't the
0: normal experience for people at camp. I don't. But like
1: even the crisis of the week and learning how to. Yes, we were like you know kind of immersed in a faith concept there Mm -hmm. at the time, but learning how to. Um. Let things grow and yes. let things develop and learning how to spark joy and spark hope and do that as a group and as, as individuals like we've been doing this. We have been doing
0: this since we were literally innovating. our entire lives. I mean, it's true. Because we've always like, been oh able to Mandy, we have been, we we have been <laughs> since like, we've like always been able to spark joy and find laughter in the midst of really hard, often traumatic yes. um circumstances in our lives that we didn't choose or pick. Mm-mm. And that I don't know that that's true for everybody. Right. But it's definitely been true for you and me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, like when we say we're on a mission to revolutionize leadership. And leadership development, we mean we're on a mission to help people grow into well rounded individuals Mm -hmm. that can handle whatever life throws at them, both personally and professionally. And a lot of times, leadership training misses out on that deeper personal development.
1: Oh, absolutely. And don't you think, I think, yes, is one of the most revolutionized, like revolutionary ideas of Mm -hmm. the five. I do too. Because the other ones, like if if you've gone through from the beginning, you might have just started on yes, but if you did start like at resilience and authenticity, some of these from the outside look like things we would have probably already known that as leaders you need to be resilient. As leaders, you need to be authentic. Some of that you dig more into the content to find the revolution. Right. Yeah. But this one I think is a revolution from the beginning because it is so against the narrative Mm -hmm. of a waiting for something to grow, saying yes to the possibilities, thinking outside the box to solve problems, Mm -hmm. increasing your pleasure and your fortune. uh, Two things we don't ever talk about as women, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's just so, like, it's a complete 180. It is. um, From what we normally think of when it comes to being a leader and being a well-rounded leader who can change not only, like, your own life, but generations to come.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think even for men, like I think in the last program, in the Authentic program, I I shared a little bit about this. There was a podcast episode I was listening to for B&I where this guy shared how one of his clients was a man who was doing really, really well in his industry, mm-hmm. but he had basically sacrificed yep. a lot of his joy for money. Yeah. And for like climbing the corporate ladder and how he realized like I get to choose if I keep doing that and he made a complete change in his life and I think a lot of times for men it it can be a struggle because you know many of them have been the breadwinners mm-hmm. in their homes or they've grown up in that in that concept where they have to be the leader of the home right. and you know, ahead of, of the of the wife and all of that instead of working as a team. Right.
1: They're just as affected by it, the ideas of patriarchy oh, completely. As, as women are. Completely. And yep. they
0: miss out on yes. this interpersonal training. Yeah.
1: I don't think any man is told probably very often in their careers that they can choose joy. Yeah. Oh, no. At I don't the think same so. time that they are, you know, doing whatever it is that is their dream mm-hmm. and their career like that that kind of well-rounded training oh, I can, isn't for any of the sexes it's just like not no, included but i can until you burn out yeah then you know yep. a lot of burnout training. i can think you of you a it. few men
0: right now though if i went up to them and i said how are you sparking joy in the midst of your leadership journey yeah they would probably blink at me and be like what do you mean right because it's not taught like it's just not typically taught but it's so important Mm -hmm. because if we're not experiencing joy and happiness in the midst of things even in the midst of hard things then what are we doing i mean what is the point what is the point why are we putting ourselves through the suffering of (laughs) working so hard for something but not enjoying it yep yep
1: and that's definitely a conversation that my husband and i've had quite a bit because Mm -hmm. we come from very different families when it comes to our ideas on wealth and what you do with wealth and we have had i've had like where i've said something very similar like that what is the point of all of like some kind of financial whatever if you're not going to do anything right with it like then you know if we're always waiting for a catastrophe or a rainy Mm -hmm. day or you know retirement or whatever that like long-term thing is I always feel like that thing just keeps getting moved further and further down the road and you never get there. Then I'm like, well, what is the point then? Like, isn't it supposed to be the thing that helps you increase pleasure, the thing that helps you increase Mm -hmm. contentment and then increasing other people's pleasure and contentment? Like it's supposed to go out. Yeah. Like money is seed if you want to get real literal with it. If you're going to grow more wealth, you have to plant Mm-hmm. more money. And that's a business concept. That is a universal concept. Yeah. It is a hard one to learn. If you have had to get over poverty mindsets of mm-hmm. not wanting to hoard your seed, um, that you have to spend money to make money. Mm-hmm.
0: They're all easy to say, but they're a lot harder to walk out. They but- are. And I think too, like, okay, so coming from the standpoint of chronic illness, mm-hmm. um, I had a conversation on our podcast quite a while ago. Like, so the podcast that Rachel and I do um, that you can listen to on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's called the Fearless Feminine Leadership Podcast. And before that it was called She Who Overcomes. It was very much focused on women. Um now, you know, it's still focused. It's like a women's empowerment podcast, but we draw in more conversations or thoughts and we similar to this. Yeah, similar yeah. to this to give the male perspective or at least some coaching um to any of the male listeners. One of the episodes I did way back in, I think it was like 20. 20 or 21, was with a gentleman who was a financial planner in Colorado, and his wife has cystic fibrosis. Mm. And him and I had a great conversation. Um, I cannot think of his name right now, but you can just go look at very old podcasts and you'll find it. Um, But we had a conversation because a lot of people in the CF world, because the future was not promised to us and very unknown to us, right? Many of us, and I would probably say this happens for a lot of people with chronic illness where mm-hmm. the idea of growing old isn't even something they think about. I'm
1: seeing it in my own kiddo. Yeah. Like, oh, completely. Yes, um, you are. Where, Very much so. Yes. Where some of the dreams that she would have had two years ago, even though she had what she's diagnosed with, we just yep. didn't know what it was. Some of that shifted right yeah. afterwards. Or it was like, well, I have to get all this in because I don't know well, what my life is going to be yep. like. And or I'm I've running lived out of time. my life like that yeah. where I'm
0: like, like there's this, countdown clock that's going faster than anybody else's life. Right. And you don't know how to stop it. And a lot of people with CF didn't make it into their 40s or their 50s and beyond. And so planning for the future is a novel idea for us when it comes to finances. And I didn't realize how much that mindset really was part of me, not because my parents taught it to me or anything like that, just because when you live with a chronic illness, that is the monkey on your back.
1: Yeah, that's the reality that goes with it. That is the reality
0: that goes with it. And so I know you, you know, we had a great conversation with your oldest Mm -hmm. about all of this the other night um, before Beautiful Wholeness. And it is a thing to think about like the idea of increasing your fortune and using what you can now while you're preparing for later. Like that's why this conversation with this financial planner was so important and so um, different for me because he said, We often go into it, him and his wife Mm -hmm. with CF, thinking, okay, what do we, what experiences do we want to do now? And what do we want to, what money do we want to put aside to have that while we are also, you know, saving for our future? future. That is now even more possible Mm -hmm. because of medical advancements. Right. And so it's this whole thing of like saying yes to what's possible and sparking joy. All of it goes together. Oh,
1: absolutely. Because it reminds me of the story that you tell in Dangerous Hope with the TED Talk and everything. There wouldn't be the advancements for CF and so many other diseases if somebody hadn't sparked something and did the long game. Because, you know, it reminds me of the bamboo bird it takes years and years and years for somebody to come up with a new medicine, to come up with a new whatever decades where they are literally going to work every single day. When is the last time you've committed 2000 days to something where you won't see results, but because you're that passionate about it, you'll show up. And I think that's something we need to ask ourselves. Like if you're not, if you don't have that kind of a thing, which, you know, if you're not a business owner or you're not Mm -hmm. trying to cure cancer, you might be like, I don't understand, but like, What is it that you're committed to so much that it doesn't matter if you see growth right away? It doesn't matter if other people don't understand. It doesn't matter um, if you're not doing it right the first time. Like like the light bulb. Like there's so many, so many many things like we could have a whole, we could go on forever just in the people who have sparked joy and increased their fortune, pleasure, contentment for themselves and generations to come because... They said yes. Yeah. To something. It's,
0: yeah. Sparking joy is the first principle, principle of saying yes to what's possible. So, Rachel, what are the journal questions to actually activate this in right. our own lives? Okay.
1: All right. So, the first question, which is if you have your book, it's on page 23. And if you're listening to this, you can just write it down in a journal. Uh, what action steps do you need to take to increase your fortune and empower yourself to handle your finances with confidence? The second question is set a timer for three minutes and write down everything that increases your pleasure or contentment. Don't judge what you are writing, just set the timer and write. I'm totally using that one with my kiddos. When Then we've got a question on page 27. Number three is when you look at the list you just wrote, so clearly you can't do this one without doing the one before, rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 on how well you are incorporating them into your life. Page 29 says, describe the last time you said yes to an opportunity that sparked joy in your life. On page 31, what does the idea of losing hope fulfills a purpose? make you feel or think. And then finally, you've got your activating the principle with teamwork question, which is take some time to brainstorm how you can apply. Yes, principle one, spark joy with the people you lead at home and at work.
0: All right. So we will see you in the next leadership principle. So, that was the sneak peek of leadership principle one from the Yes module of Rayma Foundations. I think that's one of the best conversations we've had, Rachel, for a while.
1: Uh, yeah. I think or the at conversation fun
0: co- topic. Spark joy. Like, oh, I, completely. I am just like,
1: woohoo, fired up again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. We got done recording and we're like, oh my gosh, we have to use this for the Fearless Feminine Leadership right. Podcast.
1: I know. You were like, we have to get this out to them immediately. I'm yeah. like, yes, we <laughs> yes, do. Yes, we do. <laughs>
0: All right. So you might be wondering, what's my next step? And we want you to know that in the show notes, we have all of the links that you need to get started. Whether you want to get started with doing the YES program or the entire Raymond Foundations program on your own, whether you want to go through it with one of us as your coach in an executive coaching program or throughout a you know, whatever other coaching programs or coaching packages that we have, or you're thinking, I need to bring this to my people. We have a link in the show notes on how to have a needs assessment with us so that we can get you on our schedule and spend some time with you and your staff and your team. All of that information is in the show notes. So go check it out. And we can't wait to work with you. We'll be back sometime soonish with a new episode. Until then, just keep living and leading well. We'll talk to you later. Hey, leader, here's a few things to think about and take action on before you scroll to the next episode in your podcast lineup for the day. First,
1: thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode,
0: tell us by leaving a five-star
1: review. We love hearing from our pod squad. And while you're at it, let us know what kind of topics you want to hear in the future. Now, if you didn't like the show, don't
0: review it. Just move along and know we wish you well. Next, as certified life and leadership coaches, our job is to help you get from where you are now to where you want to be. So where do you want to be? Whether you want to be a stronger, healthier, rock star leader, or you want to have a powerful speaker at your next conference, Rayma Team is your answer. Here's three ways to work with us. Number one, private coaching with either one of us is the highest level of support and accountability that we offer to help you see results quickly. You can apply and pick your coach at the link in our show notes. Number two is join the brand new
1: Rockstar Leaders membership for monthly support and leadership development. You
0: can get started at the link in the show notes. And number three, hire us to speak at your next team training or event. You can hire us as a team or individually. DM us on Instagram for a customized proposal Or check out the speaking page on our website at www.raymateam.com. That's R-A-Y-M-A-T-E-A-M.com. Okay, that's all for now. So carry on with your podcast
1: lineup. Have a great day and we'll see you on the next episode.